Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell, and the silent silhouette himself, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. With so much information out there, how can you really tell what is the truth and what isn't? Well, that's why we formed the World Trumpet Federation, and we like the way we do it. Home to the Open Bell podcast and so much more, the WTF is here to serve you, help you, guide you, and inspire you. In fact, you could send an email to theopenbell at gmail.com to get direct access to the team and possibly, if you like, end up on the podcast. Of course, you can go to the website, www.trumpetfederation.com, to find helpful videos, lists, and other nonsense to make your trumpeting life better. But what we really like is when you join us here weekly on the Open Bell Podcast to get the truth about trumpet and lots of other information too. Now don't be bashful about telling your friends. Our audience has expanded to violinists, pianists, singers, and even postal employees. The WTF and the Open Bell Podcast. It's not just for trumpet players anymore. And by Dylan Music. Musicians helping musicians since 1992. It's not just a tagline. It's the truth. Steve Dillon has built an amazing business in Woodbridge, New Jersey that has helped so many of us over the years as we look for the best possible gear to make our trumpeting lives better. We're so grateful to Steve for his continued support of the Open Bell, and we are thankful for our connection to the two great trumpet players working at Dillon's who serve the industry on a daily basis with their knowledge, experience, skill, and generally by being the nicest cats anywhere. Big shout out to Jim McCombs and Perry Sutton for their amazing work over the years. And they are standing by to help you as well. You could call 732-634-3399. Say it with me. 732-634-3399. You could go to www.dillonmusic.com and use the promo code OPENBELL5 to save 5% on all your accessories. And you can also make it a point to get to Dylan's in person and check out this amazing store for yourself. Dylan Music, musicians helping musicians since 1992. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up a couple things and no offense. We use these segments to solicit and select super information that we believe is salient for serious trumpeters and sequestered cornetists. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, Warming Up is brought to you by Job Saver, that perfect all-natural lip treatment created by the inventor, entrepreneur, and trumpeter, Dan Gosling. You know, I was inspired by today's topic and how important it is to support one another while doing this crazy thing we call music. And really, Dan is the ultimate stand partner. He's the ideal section guy. He might even be, and no offense, Joey, the ideal side man. Wow. 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 Big there speech. it is. Saying. There it is. Because when you're in the section, you want to know someone has your back. When the notes get high, when the session gets long, when the night has come and the land is dark oh, and no. the moon oh. is only light we see. Oh, no. no, I won't be afraid. <laughs> oh, I won't be afraid. Just as long as you hey, somebody, stand by me. Somebody stand by me. Right. Stand by me. So, Joey, Joey, stand by me. Stand by me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now you went a long way for that but you stuck the landing saying, that, was, that, was well, that was well done yeah oh just saying. St stuck the landing. <laughs> <laughs> 
And if you stand by us and go to shopsaver.com, wow. you can use the promo code BELL promo code. to get 15% off your order of Chopsaver. And you should. Order today. Yeah. yeah. Right, order Brian. now, order off. Well, I, I have another case of cornet bag envy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, so, no. Our common student, Bill, let's call her Jasmine. As That's a great made-up name. So, yeah, she was here playing with the, the quartets at the mall. She did, she did a great job. Yeah, nice tie. So. Yeah, I didn't yeah, have to. Jesus. Sandbagger. I didn't have to coach her at all. I, I coached my other student, Anthony OG. Mm-hmm. Oh, Anthony. love Anthony. So I went to the first gig with Anthony, and I said, I said to the trombonist, his best friend Brian, I said, um, uh, "How many, how many times do I have to mention something to Anthony?" And Brian looks at me without taking a breath and says, "After every tune." <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I looked at him. I looked at- <laughs> Before we started the fourth tune, I looked, glanced over at him. He said, "I'm three for three. <laughs> I'm three. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Jasmine was fine. She she played great, but she has a Tom and Will coronet gig bag from Tom's website. Oh yeah, it is awesome. Yeah, and I told her about the brass bags double coronet gig bag, mm-hmm. which I think made her have a little bit of coronet bag envy. <laughs> 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 but she has this th- man. It's great. Have you seen her? Just sling it on her back. Yeah, she brings the thing. Yeah, she carries it around with her. Yeah, Yeah. like to lunch and stuff. Yep, (laughs) she said when she was in uh, in in school in Boston, she was going to play with the the brass band up there. She would just Mm -hmm. use it to take the trains. Yeah, yeah. I was really jealous of that bag. I gave her. I think I've told you this before. I gave her grief after it was a long time. I finally said, you know, you wear Rowan gear to every lesson. (laughs) <laughs> and or brass choir rehearsal. She's like, I, I know, like this is my favorite hoodie, but yeah, I kind of guess I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing her, her pink hoodie, T.O.B. Yeah, um, she wears her WTF hoodie all the time. Yeah, yeah. WTF. Yes. Uh, so she got just the, the single bag? Rehearsal. Just the. She got the yeah. single bag. Yep. Yeah. Whoever carries just one horn? I don't understand that. Well, you're cornet just players. going for that. Yeah, cornet gig. Yeah. yeah. Rehearsal. You're playing a brass band. That. I don't think so. What color is is hers? Hers is the burgundy version. Oh, the burgundy's nice. Yeah. You know why? Because they didn't have pink. They don't. They just have, they have gray, they have gray, navy, and burgundy. She would have been all in with that. You know what? Maybe we should send a note to Tom. We should talk to Tom about this. But who's Will? It says Tom and Will on on the, it has Yeah, Yeah, why? Who's Will? Um, Will is his his friend. I I, I know Will, I think. Do you? I, I don't, yeah. Oh, there's the brass the, bags uh, double cornet bag. You want that? That's the you, one I do want. Do you have that? Is that the one? I don't, not yet. Uh, it's just for like two cornets? Yep. It looks like a triple. It's got two but extra room in there. Yeah, well, extra mutes. space for mutes. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is Will a pancake guy too? Or <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I know John Rommel's had the, uh, the brass bags quad. They don't seem right. to have that here. They've got the double cornet and the triple. Mm. The quad is a really compact quad. Now, other people, John has not experienced this, so they've said they've had their horns maybe even bend a little bit in that. Mine have, yeah. If you keep oh. them in there too long, they, yeah. they tend to bend. Which is why I don't mm. use that particular bag. Yeah. Man, I'm not, yeah. I love the guard. The guard it's bags the gr- are great. It's the great mix of 
Yeah, it's perfect. Soft case, but sturdy enough. Things don't get damaged. Yeah. Always fits no, in the great bags. Rack. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. So now, now she's going to want this other case. But she just bought a pick. Yes, she did. Yeah. She bought a P54 over break. That's, yep. that's why you don't buy a single case, because then you have to buy another case now. Well, but that's a, that's for trumpet case. She's got room for that. But this is just Plenty cornet space. stuff. Yeah, this it's all just, just cornet talking stuff. cornet stuff. This yeah. doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> no, none of it does to you. But no, yeah, because I mean, even the the double cornet. Sure, I've got my B flat and I've got my E flat. But when I eventually do buy the C cornet, then what am I going to do? Oh right. I love oh. how he just says like, yeah. I mean, of course I have my B flat and E flat. <laughs> right. I already have two cornets, so like. <laughs> already that single bag is is not gonna work no you need to start with the double and then hope for the best yeah so you're gonna do a gig where you play soprano you have to sit in the section on b flat and then there's also um on the program some another solo you have to play on c exactly that, yeah. obviously yeah. it's gonna happen you have to do that yeah. Could happen next month as far well, as what I you know. really I need to <laughs> what you yeah. really need to worry about is a case that you can carry that has your trumpet and your B flat cornet in it, and soprano. Well, maybe in your soprano. Oh, Although I did right. hear, uh, I did. I can do. I've that. got. I've got a case that can do uh, trumpet, B flat, E flat cornets. I could do that. I've got a case for that. Hmm. There we go. Yeah, that's not a problem. The hard part is always with multiple horns is the flugelhorn because it's it has that it's it's a little bulkier. That's always the hard part. Yeah, but yeah, but the guard works great for that with it, the clamshell. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you got to carry the E flat in case you, in case you have to do flower mound. Somewhere. Yeah, if I'm going to play four leaf clover. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to need that. Yeah, Nobody clover, yeah. Cloverville. Yeah. Am I doing What's it called? Am I What's doing that next? Doing? Am I doing that next month? Or am I just doing trumpet stuff? Cloverville. Flowerdale. What is he yeah. playing? I don't know. Oh, Flowerdale. That's the name of it. <laughs> am I playing four leaf clover? Are we doing that? That would be great. Yeah. Oh, you should totally do four leaf clover while you're out there. I can bring my E flat. You have to do the jazz thing first. Can I do yeah, both? you got to do that. Have to no, do there's the no room on that. Then they got programming. We, 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 we could do it as an encore. How yeah. long do you want the trio anyway? I'm just going to make it about about that long. Like 14 a minutes. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole set's well, that's, 35 minutes, I think. Well, that's good because okay, there'd be so too, 30, time for the multimedia stuff. <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes. So 30, 35 minute set, so 30 35 minutes. 35 minute trio with multimedia. And then I play Four Leaf Clover as an encore. Four Leaf Clover. I think that sounds great. When do yeah. we eat? Yeah, and then and then we eat. And then we eat. Hey, we're we're gonna be in Jersey. We can get some good food. <laughs> we get some real food. Yes, we no can. No doubt. Yeah. All right, Joey. What do you have? Get us out of this mess. <laughs> well, now that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Trumpet and food. Exactly. Or in Trumpet, this case, I, I, cornet I'm back, food. Cornet I'm, I'm, food. Ba I'm back from a couple weeks out playing and stuff. And the school year is. We're back and we're running. It's it's uh it's that time. It is this time. And I want to offer the warning I offer probably at the beginning of every single semester. Make sure that you're practicing three things, right? Uh -oh. There are three things you got to be practicing, and everybody leaves off the third one. The first one, the stuff your teacher's telling you for lessons, right? Mm -hmm. And the second mm -hmm. one is the stuff that you're going to be required to perform, whatever that may or may, you know, in ensembles mm -hmm. or solo and stuff like that. And most people are pretty good about those two. This is the one, and here you go, because it's early in semester, and everybody's getting overwhelmed, and there's classes. What you want to be playing. Make sure you're making some time for the stuff you want. 
not you need, not that you're assigned, that you want. This is I bring mm-hmm. this up periodically, and the, especially at the beginning of semesters, and everybody's getting slammed. This is the time to go. Oh my gosh, I got this! I got this! I got this! I got this! Carve out a little session and go. What do I want to do? I want to yeah. go play some fun stuff. Get in and do that. Remember, that's why we're playing. We're not playing to just be assigned stuff. We're playing because it's fun and we want to do it. Yeah. Carve that's the time. Great advice. Carve the time. This is the really time. Really great of, advice. Especially, especially early in the semester in the dead of winter. This is when it goes away. Right. <laughs> dead mm-hmm. of winter. It's the true that the, the days <laughs> yes. are starting to get longer again, but it's going to be a while until, you know, it, when it's like, oh, it's bright and sunny and warm out, you know. Yeah, the sports yeah. a dead zone too, right? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that's the funny part when you come out here. Like when people come and visit Bloomington in the summer or in the fall, and they're like, oh my gosh, your campus, it's so beautiful, it's lovely. And then we do our audition days in January and February, and oftentimes <laughs> they're very icy. And they're like, yeah. wow, it's kind of, I'm like, I know, it's really bad around here most of the time, I promise. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> so that's my my advice right i mean you got to always find that time right how find much, the fun how time how much time do you do you dedicate to that like a week um for me it varies frankly uh yeah. dependent upon what's required and other things that are happening but i try to have at least a half an hour every day where i'm tackling the stuff i want not that i need or that i've self assigned wow but for me, like, there's got to be one chunk a day, one half hour a day where I'm like, you know, it'd be cool. Hey, I've been thinking about, you know what I should tackle? That's mm. got to be built into that practice time, too. I like it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Bill, what do you got for us this morning? Very good. Uh, well, I, the kind of a cool thing happened here as I was doing the, the Christmas gigs. The one place we had to do a prelude, like, for the mass it was about a half hour or so. So my colleague, Mike Harkrow, has done a bunch of writing for brass for our brass choir and for the couple of groups that we put together on our campus. And uh, he wrote a little cornet solo for me, <gasps> a little feature. Oh, beautiful. He set this lovely little French carol called Thou Who Was Rich Beyond All Splendor by C.H. Kitson. And it's for brass quintet, where the first part is the solo part, so you don't need an extra player. Uh, but I'm going to send this to you guys. Um, and actually, he did a couple other things, too, a couple settings, one of uh, this, this Endress Night. Uh, which is another beautiful English carol. And they're just really well done, but it was kind of cool of him to do that. It's always about the Brits with you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just keep drawing Endress? Right back in Endress? Again. This Endress night. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Meaning this, like, it, 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 the literal translation, I think, is other, but it really means, like, this significant night, this special night. Sure. Yeah. Is the word. Mike's the horn horn professor in theory, he is, right? Yeah, teaches horn in theory here at Messiah. And, These are uh, cornet actually, solos. Uh, well, they both could be cornet solos. The the one he wrote for me was the French tune was a yeah. cornet solo, yeah. but the other one really could be done in cornets as well. Uh, yeah. British British with Endress, you just think. Cornet. Yeah, with Endress. That, that but, sounds that sounds cornet. conical even to me. Right, <laughs> but <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the the French Carol one is uh is a uh, cornet flugelhorn trombone horn and tuba oh and actually nice. i think he wants yeah. euphonium he really right. wanted euphonium to make it all conical can you just send me the whole score i think i could do all of that yeah i'll just you send can. it to you yeah how you low, can how low is the tuba part like i might be able to pull that off wow i could record the whole cool. thing i want to see what that sounds I, I'll like i'll send it to you yeah I yeah some free time. on all the different trumpets that'd be cool yeah. but it's really pretty tune and it was just nice of him to do that for me and 
So, but I'll that's, share it for you. I'll share no, you I, yeah, that's great. Now, have you performed that? Are you going to perform it? Like, no, we did it. No, we just did it as part oh, of prelude for it. yeah for a mass on Christmas Eve. Yeah, nice. Yeah, there it is. It was really great. Oh, like he had cool. the time. You know, we knew we had this gig coming along, and and uh, he had the time to just write some new stuff rather than just pulling the same old stuff out again. You know, right. used it as an opportunity to write. <clears throat> did you play any B flat trumpet? Oh yeah. So B flat trumpet, C trumpet, cornet, pick. Yeah, that was my yeah. That was Christmas nice. Eve for me. Make you work for it. Well, back Christmas, I didn't play any B flat trumpet. No, B that was flat all. Trumpet that was Christmas. all C trumpet and pick, and that weird Mannheim steamroller thing I told you guys about. That book yeah. is written as C trumpet, flugelhorn, and B flat pick. Yeah, that's oh, wow. not. Come on. So I spent like the that's... whole week of Christmas on C trumpet and pick. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what? I had to play on B flat, and I was inspired by I've been. Enough is enough with the Wilcox carols. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm sitting there after all these years because it's a hammer fest. Yes, it is. It's a lot They're of just notes. on or- your face. Yep. And especially if you're playing with organ and, you know, oh, yeah. Organ, organ's loud. Yeah. They're so you got to, you got to match. You got to put some sound. Yeah. Out. And the fr- you got all that desk camp kind of stuff in those. And they're yeah, really wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Authority. But yeah, please. <laughs> The lava loser. You're out. <laughs> and you're I followed and both. I followed you out. You're both out. <laughs> I'm doing the rest of this alone. You're done with both of you. I love that. Uh That's and funny. then did the rudder this is the second time this season I rudder. had to do this. The rudder uh joy to the world. Oh, oh that's a that's a hammer fest. Yes. Which it is. It's real. a C part. I just play on a pick. Yeah. <laughs> what? Up there. Yep. It's up no. there. Yeah, it's, it's got high F's in it. Right. Con- and the style high F's on style. pick. On not pick, high up, but not I'm saying, high on C. No, but stylistically, <laughs> it's a pick. It's a baroque sounding piccolo thing. It should be played on pick. I'm not sure I agree with that. Yeah. Well, if I were you, I'd feel exactly the same. <laughs> way. <laughs> you get some nice. You get some nice big. You know, high C's and high D's on C trumpet with the organ there. There, you can make yeah, that. But rain. but stylistically, I, anyway, I just play that on pick. Every time it comes around, I'm just like, nope, I'm right. doing this. Yeah. Transposing. Come on. We know that's how it works in North Carolina. We got you. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was Way in Pennsylvania inside. when it happened, but yeah. yeah of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Well, it's game time. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. What does that mean this week? You're going to be very excited. And, you know, Problems. Joey, Problems. I got to say, this run of bumpers for you has just been amazing. Wait, we don't know what this game is yet. Huh? I'm not sure what I just heard. Oh, we no, haven't I heard anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> what did you I'm just saying, play? <laughs> um, this new game. Oh, it's another new game. New game. <laughs> of course it's it called is. All That Jazz. You're yeah, welcome. How's that? You're welcome. <laughs> Did you wow, like that one? Nice work. I think I set you up to succeed there. Yeah. Really, with that yeah, title. That was good. That was a good title. I do appreciate right. the, the this help is in not that a, direction. Not a difficult game. It's not going to be difficult at all. Is it difficult uh, for it, Brian? Because it's, it's going to be really difficult for Brian. <laughs> it, it might be. Um, no shot. But it's basically a completion game, right? I say a title with a with a word missing, and then you guys come up with the title of the tune. We can do that. All right. Yeah. Now I could give you the who's like typically credited with the tune to kind of 
you know, like help. I could give you like the artist name first. Sure. Okay. And then the tune title. Okay. We'll try it that fine. way. Sure. How you're All you're right. in charge. All right, Brian. Are you As ready? Usual. No. Absolutely right, not. Here we go. Oh, wait, you're playing a tune for us? No. I thought you were naming no, it. No, I, I need I need this for Okay. I, I need this. Yeah. Uh, you need it all right. All right. You ready? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Here's the first one. Frank Sinatra's Me to the Moon. Did you get that? <laughs> yeah. That was nice. Yourself yourself bleeping there. Frank so Sinatra's Me to the Moon. All right. So so Brian, that that that's you know this one. That's fly. Yeah, fly me to the moon. Yeah. Fly me to the moon. That's great. Yeah, we got that. All right. That That's great. All right. Here's yeah. the next one. Very, we're this doing is, well. We're one for one. You're doing great. <laughs> Louis Armstrong's with some barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. Do you know this one? I know this Str- one. Strutton. That is Strutton. That's exactly Brian. right. Brian's all over the jazz. Yeah. All, yeah. all about the jazz. <laughs> <laughs> <Strutton>. <laughs> yes. He's all about the jazz. Yes. I love it. Great. I think Brian, it's helpful to have the artist name. This is what kind of bringing him into that focus. That does help. Because Brian Upley Weinberg is all that jazz. Is, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Joey would need that. I think Joey could just, like, he would just know these. I don't think yes. so. Let, let's go. I like this. We're doing right, well. We're two we for We're two. We're doing great. Okay, here we go. We're doing great. Next. Duke Ellington's Take the train <laughs> well, the way that was enunciated i now have lots of ideas but brian you know this one too take, right take the a train that is take yeah, the a train take the yeah. a train yeah exactly yeah. right not difficult at all no we're right? doing great we're doing great fantastic we're three great. for three for the first time are, ever we're killing it yeah you guys yeah. are agreeing and it's a good thing because if you didn't agree well then bill has to play double c joey's got to play double c <laughs> double e <flat. laughs> all right here we go the next one. Ella Fitzgerald's How High the <laughs> Wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> Brian, you got this one, right? No, I don't have this one. Oh, it's I How have... High How High the Moon. How High the Moon, Brian. <laughs> it is. I only got bad words coming to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I just the beeping is blocked. finally working. <laughs> yeah. The psychological effect blocked. is taking over. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> he blocked. That's really good. That's great. All right, yeah. Here's one good. for our good friend Scott. Charlie Parker's Donna. Oh, you know this one. Oh yeah, Donna Lee. Donna Lee. Yeah, Donna our Lee. good friend Doctor Belk's been playing that in all twelve keys the past couple of years and is kind of a crazy person. He might be the world's leading expert on Donna Lee now. <laughs> yes, yes. So, he probably is. Which is, by the way, key. based on the changes to follow up. Anybody know? Follow-up yeah. question. Back home again in Indiana. Same changes. Yes. As a, as our I am the podcast Hoosier here. So. You are that. <laughs> Although I will say that we played back home again in Indiana at IUP as an undergrad. We <laughs> that's always not, played back home. I, I don't think that's okay. <laughs> it's well, not it's allowed. Indiana. So. But it's Indiana, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like you'd have to do that in back home again in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you did. There. I don't think you were doing that right. Yes. Although That's now right. I want to write a new version of that. Yeah. Rule seven four. <laughs> so. More mixed meter than Hayden four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Great. Moving on. Wayne Shorter's Prince. <laughs> <laughs> well, you made that no sound idea. like you made it sound well. He what he's saying is P R I 
P-R-I-N-T-S, and it yes. sounds like he's yeah. saying P-R-I-N-C-E. Right. Oh. So what he means is footprints, I believe. Footprints is the That's answer. That's what I believe he's shorter. looking for. Right. Not someday this prince will come, for yeah, example. Yeah, someday my prince will come. <laughs> yeah. You say them the same way. Are you saying I should say it, said it differently? No, I'm saying I, I, if Brian doesn't know the tune, he could have heard <laughs> no, us. Are I you understand. talking about somehow like 80s purple icon prince? Oh, prince, I see. So, yeah. I didn't think you might be taking purple issue with my icon. articulation. I would never take issue with your lack of articulation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one. I'm okay. sure that this is going to be an easy one. Okay. Fats Waller's Suckle Rose. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Brian, you got this one. That's honey. There we go. Yeah. He knows honey the vegan roast. stuff. Honey's vegan, so he can he knows about honey. Honey is honey not, not vegan. For some people, that honey is <laughs> no, not vegan. No, that's an issue. How is honey not vegan? Well, it's animal product. Yep, animal product. But it's not animals. Well, bees are not animals. Anim bees are not animals. You're not you know eating if the, the bees, bees go away. You know if the bees go away, we all go away, right? <laughs> yes. But let's save the, the bees. Right. And you save them by, by supporting their honey. small business and eating, and eating the honey. honey. Brian yeah. is the killing bees like are not in bees. Business. Small business Saturday. <laughs> Why are you putting the bees out of Eat business? Honey. Yeah, Brian. Is, what did, Brian, oh why what did they Brian ever do to the, you? Why does Brian hate the environment? I think that's really the question of the podcast. This is what we need to know. Oh, my word. Yeah, you're hiding behind veganism. Meanwhile, you're driving the bees out of business. Exactly. That's right. Save the bees. Save the bees. Eat honey. Exactly. Support local business. Support local business. Eat honey. Small so, business Saturday. Yeah. Bees are small. Support them. All right, here we go. Ready? Is it okay? Can we move sure. on? Sure. Yeah, okay. let's move on. Please. <laughs> Thelonious monks, you needn't. <laughs> All right. Brian, do you know this one? No, I'm out. <laughs> that was really poorly articulated. But he I'm means, shocking. He shocking. means, well, 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 you needn't. Well, you needn't. But <laughs> after, like, you're, you know. That, but that bleep with criticism. you was very clearly <laughs> landing in one direction. <laughs> Okay. And I do not mean the boy band from about 10 years ago, <laughs> One Direction. Uh, okay, Brian, I think you're going to get this because it's an older tune. It's a classic. Not likely. Yeah. I think you're going to get it. You this is it. Nat King Cole's Unable. <laughs> <laughs> that was well done. That was, wow, that's not okay. That <laughs> you got that one. Or something? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, unforgettable. He, he recorded that, and then after he passed away, his daughter actually re-recorded it with his original track so, yes. as, as a duet, which was kind of weird. So Before yeah. and after. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm so but mad. That is, that's funny, like, on several layers at once. <laughs> I am so mad at you. I don't even know how to start now. <laughs> wow. That was unbelievable. Well, there's only one left. Excellent. Brian, Thanks I think you stand a chance at this one, too. No shot. All right, we'll see. This is Chet Baker's My F Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm seeing red. Yes. <laughs> I can't. You got this one. Can't get that funny. Yes. Now, there you know the old, the, the old joke, and this is an old joke, but it, it's old for a reason. Do you know how many singers it takes to sing My Funny Valentine? 
No. no. Evidently, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. 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 I do like that joke. Well, you guys did great with that. Nailed that game. Come on. New bumper, new game. Yeah, you're welcome. Who could ask for anything? More. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to start finishing all your sentences now. Yes, you complete me. All right, boys. Time for a couple things. All right, I'm just going to put this out there. There is an art to being a great section player. I won't say it's easier to always play principal or lean, but to the unsung heroes who are willing to uh, have the skill and have the skill to play supporting roles in the trumpet section, our hats go off to you today. This is not easy work, and when done well, makes everyone sound great. When done poorly, no one sounds good. So today, we titled our discussion, Plays Well With Others, The Art of Section Playing. Right? Yeah. With others. It's a concept we've been hearing since kindergarten. Yes. And yeah, what and you're saying yet. is exactly right. And yet, yeah, yet people still, uh, even people who play section well sometimes don't take it as seriously as they should. Here's where I want to start. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time when I get hired, I get hired to play lead or play, play principal. So I, I'm not often in a section role. And when I am, I do my best and I take it very seriously. And I do think I, that's something I, I do well. But I was doing a recording session a few years ago. It was a two-day session where the trumpet parts were crazy. So I was mm. playing lead, and with me that first day were John Rommel and Lenny Foy. Now, John's one of my colleagues here at IU. He's an excellent trumpet player. Lenny Foy uh, just retired last year from DePaul University. He's played in the Smithsonian. He plays in the Brass Band of Battle Creek. Another excellent trumpet player, really excellent play. musician, and very, very good. And we teach up at Birch Creek together. Excellent. So we're going through this first day, and it's like these were nine-hour days, 10 to 1, 2 to 5, 6 to 9. They're trying to get all this stuff done. And, Sounds easy. Right, and it's yeah. a, like kind of a, a, a studio orchestra. So we're kind of up in the loft with all the brass and the strings are, and the woodwinds are all down on the floor. And we went through nine hours that day of some really yeah. stuff high and fast and choppy and technical and all kinds of just crazy stuff all day long. And John Rommel, who... Again, excellent trumpet player can often say things. He will say things like, "Well, yeah, they're just hearing you anyway. It doesn't even matter what I'm doing here." <laughs> and the thing is, John plays great. So that whole day we're going through, and man, it's just feeling dynamite. We do nine hours of recording, and I don't think ever had to say, "Oh, well, eh, trumpets. Let's go back and take care of that for the trumpets." Yeah, yeah. Just a really like solid all the way down. So the next day, I am there. John and Lenny were not there for day two. <laughs> there were two other people there. Mm-hmm. And the music was still challenging, choppy, you know, a lot of playing. And sudden, I'm thinking I'm doing the same job. <laughs> Does not feel but, the same. It, not only did it not uh, feel the same, but then there was right. like, hey, trumpets. Hey, uh, trumpets. <laughs> so I had told John the day before when the, I said, so tomorrow, and because we had ridden up together, and he's like, oh, no, I can't do tomorrow. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm out tomorrow, too. And I'm like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And they were both like, oh, you know, what's the big deal? You'll, You'll be, be fine. fine. Yep. And I yeah. called them both at the end of the second day going, okay, how many times have we stopped for us? I don't remember us stopping for us. I said, 
Boy, for some reason today, I mean, I thought I was the same, but there was a lot more stopping for the trumpets. So yep. there must be something to that, I don't know, section playing. Uh-huh. Because coming from the lead player perspective, as I do a lot of that, if I've got great stuff, if I'm playing lead and I have great second, third, fourth, fifth trumpet players, mm-hmm. my job is really easy. So it's easier. so easy because when you're playing lead, you've got the melody, you've got the you've got the part that you can hear and it makes the most logical sense melodically and on the horn. You've got the easy part. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you're playing lead trumpet, you usually have the little bit of latitude of making any sort of musical decisions that need to be made for the section. Yep. So you're in charge you've got the melody and you get to do what you want. That is absolutely the easy part. Right. If you were playing second, third, fourth, fifth, your job is absolutely harder because your part one doesn't make nearly as much logical sense. <laughs> right. right. You don't hear it right off the bat necessarily nearly as easily. And musically you are following, not leading. So you've got to know what that other person's going to do and make sure you're doing the, the best to make sure that they sound great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely without question, a harder job. Like I know we've, I've been in recording sessions before like, and there are people are usually worried about lead players. Well, Joey, you know, I'm like, Oh, you don't have to worry about me. I've actually said this a lot. I've got the easiest part. <laughs> and people will often chuckle They're like, well, you know, I'm, Oh, but the chops. I'm like, oh no, if everybody's playing great, this is I can do this all day long. This is the easy part. It's easy. Right. Yeah. yeah. But getting on the inside of that, which is what we want to get to. Right. And we well, I think we've all been there, right? Like you show up. This has been over over the last, you know, my entire career, right? You show up because you, you get to know players, mm-hmm. right? And you go, Oh no. <laughs> right. This is gonna be a long day. Yeah, And sometimes it's just because you have to man, if you are playing first, some people require that you manage, you have to manage that a lot. You have to ask for things. But when you're sitting down next to that second player that you absolutely love to work with, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't have to manage all that stuff. I mean, that makes it easier too. I know, I think what you're talking about musically, like playing in tune, adjusting, following you, all those things are great. But then there's this other there's this other layer to this musical anticipation, right? And then the personal stuff that goes up. There's a lot to this that makes somebody a really great section player. Oh yes, and yeah, that's where we need to get to. Right, right. So you got to know the built-in parts, the parts that mm-hmm. you have to do as a hundred percent of the time, which is, you know, great sound, great tuning, and the musical flexibility to go. Right. Those things are all sort of built in. But then Mm -hmm. the part of how does this principal player play? Because I, you know, uh, does that principal player, if it's octaves, do they want that bottom octave loud so they can kind of sit on top of that? Or Mm -hmm. they want it underneath them because they want to kind of go over the top? Yeah. You want to know that so they don't lean over going, hey man, what are you doing? Why are you covering me up? Or hey, I need or hey, I need that support. You don't want them to ask of you. You want to give them before they even know what they they're asking for. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like right. successfully anonymous. No offense, Brian. You know, <laughs> yeah. like just to be able to be there, do the this. job and 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 get out. But there are times too when you're playing the section like that's that's the thing, right? You're learning the tendencies of specific players and if you don't know that player, then you better ears open and get those tendencies pretty quickly. 
Yeah. Really fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Pen- Penzarella had, a, I spent some time with Penzarella in northern Minnesota one summer, and he had a really interesting perspective on it. He said, I gave myself over completely to making Phil Smith sound great. Now, That's Phil Smith sounded great, but right. Penzarella knew his job was only that, whatever mm-hmm. that meant. That's right. And yeah. that includes when we get into the nitpicky start of this, uh, uh, part of this. Let's say you're playing with a principal trumpet player and you're in octaves and his G's are sharp. <laughs> right. Your job is not to play quote unquote in tune with the orchestra or the band. Right. Your job is to lock into that principal trumpet player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. If, if that trim- principal trumpet player is riding a bit up, then you ride a bit up right there and absolutely lock in. That's the job. And if your brain yeah. says, but she's wrong, then you're doing the job wrong. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No. Uh, I, when I started my, when I had my master's degree at Eastern with Kevin, my gig was to play in the faculty quintet, play second, oh, right. which I loved. And I love playing second. Like I took a lot of pride in that, you know, and worked at doing all of these things. And I remember getting to North Texas and played with Keith put up some duets the one day, right? He said, right, you go ahead and play first on this. And I thought we sounded really good together. I and mean, that was a lot of fun, right? And he goes, all right. Switch. Uh, right. <laughs> Switch. He played first, I played second. And I was like, it took me about a bar, and I went, oh, no. <laughs> like, I thought I had some things figured out. He's way better at that than I am. Yeah. And then we had a really great discussion about those things. But sometimes that's all it is, is just the awareness to know. You know, and man, he was great at making everyone sound good. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. Then you realize, you know, you're playing, your teacher plays second. You're like, oh my gosh, we're like amazing section. I sound amazing. (laughs) And you're playing second going, hold on. Why don't we sound as good? We don't sound nearly as good. Why is that? Oh, it's me. And I will tell you, as I've played in some big bands that sort of require like two lead players, and I've been one of those players, and noticed that when, like, I take the section part of that seriously. So if I'm playing the split yeah. lead book, if I'm playing second or third. Yeah. So when I'm not playing lead, the idea is like, you want to, I, I want, I play in the way of like, I here's what I want underneath me, right? And yes. I know what I want in a section player. So that when I'm a section player, I want to be the best version of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I have noticed there are lead players out there that when they are not playing lead, they're basically just dogging that part because they're like waiting for their opportunity to play lead. (laughs) I do not like this in any way, which is one of the reasons like, well, when I joined the Smithsonian, one of my first concerts, we were doing all this stuff with Vanessa Rubin. There were like 28 charts in the rehearsal. And I thought, well, I mean, I'm new. They're just trying me out. They're going to pick what they want from this. So the next morning we come in and David runs down. Here's the order. Of all twenty-eight charts, that it's are all be twenty-eight on the tunes, <laughs> and and then it's art, and it's like the dress rehearsal. We're going to run everything, and we're on stage. We're doing stuff, and he looked back at me, and he says, "You know, well, if you need to, like, you know, save it." And I said, "Save it for what?" Or, and they said, "If you want to pass some," and I said, "I'm either playing or I'm not playing." Yeah, because there's a certain part. I mean, playing lead. You know, we could talk about the chops version of that kind of thing, but if you're really playing third or fourth trumpet in a big band and doing it right. I don't find that there's a significant difference in the amount of chops that rest. takes. Yeah. It's not yeah. rest. That's a whole different kind of, uh, you know, exertion and, and energy and stuff, to, but it's still going to take quite a bit out of you. So I've never really felt that idea of like, I'm not really 
saving anything by passing a chart. It's just a different kind of work, yeah. Yeah. you know? So it's like, oh, no, I'm either playing or I'm not playing. We're going to go. Right. You know? But you have to, it, you, this is the thing, this is the mindset thing. Like, you have to be willing to embrace that other stuff. Like, take pride in the fact that the lead player sounds great because you're doing your job well. Um, or yeah. playing assistant. Same. I mean, I love playing assistant because it's a chance to try up. to adapt right because you what mean, you mean bumper <laughs> i've played both yeah. i played bumper and now i think the bumper is a different game but well, i do like i played assistant there's a, a recording actually uh is it three years old now somewhere around maybe three to five years old uh cincinnati symphony uh recorded um Verez's amarique it's like a 35 oh. minute enormous yeah. work so bob sullivan actually called me and said joey we got this concert and it's going to be recorded. And it's a big thing. And it's something, can you come, I need you to come over and play assistant. I said, nice. of course. So then he, then we talk on the phone because some principal Trump players are very, they use assistants a lot of times and they have stuff marked out and they know the way they're going to do this. They've got it all going. And uh, he said, listen, I have no idea what I'm going to use you for. <laughs> and I said, no problem. I will be ready. So, you know, they sent me the part from the library and I'm like, okay. So I show up at the first rehearsal. And I said, do you, you know what you want yet? He goes, ah, we'll figure it out as we go. So, you know, during the week, right. you know, he's like, take this or take this or take this, you know. And then you're just, my job is to make sure that, and on the recording, not be able to tell when it's not Bob. Like, mm -hmm. you should listen to that recording and think, right. that's Bob Sullivan playing principal at the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. That was my job. And I frankly think I did that job pretty well. Um and then a couple of years ago, I, we have talked about this on the podcast, uh, when the St. Louis Symphony was here and I ended up sight reading that concert. Part <laughs> of sight reading that concert was playing assistant to Tom Drake when he played uh, principal on Gershwin Piano Concerto with all those solos. Yes. Right. And and so a lot of that was like, hey, you got to take this because then I got to switch horns, get ready for the solo thing like this. So if you're listening to the audience, you should be hearing the the principal part the all part, the way through. Right. Not like, well, now it's my time. I'm going to show them how this goes. No, no, no. <laughs> No, 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 yeah. no, no. That is not the job. The right. job is to play that part right. So at the end, the concert sounds like, wow, that was really great. Yeah, but your it ego did cross has to be wrapped up in something else other than how you are playing your part. Right. Right. right? I'm making my statement. You're, you got to put your ego somewhere else. But right. it does cross your mind just to step on the gas a little, though, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I've got a bigger ego. I've got a bigger ego than any four trumpet players that most people know. So, but my ego is completely wrapped up in how does this sound great? Yeah. Not how do right. I sound great. I will tell you, as, as somebody who's made most of my career playing lead in big bands, you know, if you're a lead player in a big band, you don't get a lot of, most of the time, solo recognition. Right. right. David Baker and I talked about this a lot with the Smithsonian because there were a couple of times where we'd feature so he's like, we got to get you some more space. And I said, no, we don't. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, what do you mean? Don't you want more solo? I said, well, no, I've got three great solos in the band. I'm playing lead. Everybody hears everything I play. I'm not worried about that. Right. My job is I want people at the end to be thinking Man, that band sounds great and that I had my part in that. Yeah. Right. Right. I I've uh, I've listened back to some stuff that I did over the years because for a while between UNT and then coming here and recording with Keystone, I was on a ton of that stuff, and we rotated parts. I, I'm hard-pressed in many cases to remember whether I was playing principal or third mm -hmm. or second nice. on those things. You know, and yeah. ideally, yeah. that's the case, you know, because you want to you wanna know that whatever you did, you did to the best of your ability and you contributed to it. But the, it's a mindset thing. Right. The mindset, and again, coming from me, 
giant ego lead player. The mindset is how does this section and group sound great? Mm. Right. How does that sound great? And you want to be, that's the job you want to be doing. Right. So what about the people who show up and they're, they're just playing their part. Like, how do you, how do you teach it? How do you coach it? How do you do it in a section? They're just there. They're playing trumpet. Well, they're playing their part. Well, and it's just not working. I'll tell you something I did in my studio class last semester. Um, I had, I think it was my three freshmen, because I assigned uh, orchestral excerpts in, in pairs and trios. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I said, we're going to come in next week. All of you have to know all the parts. Yep, yep. So I actually had them perform that way. So my three freshmen were doing um, uh, Academic Fest Overture. It's one of my favorites because it's <laughs> it's gorgeous and it's beautiful tuning. It's It, it kind of shows well, it everything. Exposes it's not, a lot. It's not yeah, it does. technically <laughs> difficult, but it is musically rewarding, right, when you do it yes. right. So I said, all right, let's hear it. Okay, everybody slide down a chair and let's hear it again. And now slide mm-hmm. down a chair again and do it again. So everybody actually performed all three parts. I think this is how you teach this because you know when you're playing principal, okay, I need to carry this and go this way. And when you're playing yeah. third, oh my gosh, there's where that octave is. <laughs> when you're playing second, oh my gosh, I'm the key to this whole tuning thing right here Yep. by learning all of those parts. So you should know all the parts of what you're playing. Well, and that is the context that shows up in an audition, even if you're the only person in the room playing, right? Right. Like it, people can tell whether or not you understand the context that you're working in with that part, right. whether right. it's tempo right. stuff or whether, whether it's a second or third audition in particular. But you know, they know that you know because right. Like uh, if you're doing a second trumpet orchestra audition, like Schumann two is always on that, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, and you can just sort of play that right down the pipe. And there's, it's not again technically difficult it's c major scale right so right. um but you can absolutely tell the person playing you can listen and go oh you know how this goes or oh you're playing this like an etude right absolutely and that's that you've got to know the context because you should know the first part and you should know how that's going on in the orchestra at the time you know and then when you play that way you play as an informed musician a term i know i've heard at least bill use a million times before <laughs> you know right. it, it absolutely shines through and as a section mm-hmm. player way too often what brian is saying is what happens people show up and like oh i'm quote unquote just playing third or only playing second and they're mm-hmm. like oh whatever and then when you play like that you make one yourself sound worse two your section sound worse three the whole group sound worse you're a detriment to any at that point <laughs> yes i mean if you think about uh, when you think this is i i i think way too often especially young players think of this the same way they think of teachers right they think that their their 11th grade teacher must be eight years smarter than their third grade teacher because <laughs> they're teaching 11th grade stuff and not third grade stuff, right? right There's right, kind of a natural right. way of doing that. And so when you're looking at world-class players, you're thinking, well, that person plays first, so they must be better than that person plays third. When that's a ludicrous contention at the professional level, the people playing at the highest level, you could most of the time swap out those seats and get an unbelievably similar result because their level of playing musicianship is so high. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So the idea is that they happen to have won a job playing second or fourth and, and, and maybe decided this is the career I want or won a job playing principal and decided that's the career they want is in no way indicative of that's the only thing they can do or do well. Right. Right. 
yeah, those the skill involved with those jobs, crazy. Mm-hmm. And Brian, I think what you were leaning into maybe so if you're on the gig and whether you're playing first or playing section or whatever and it's not going the way, you, what do you do? You know, because yeah. the, the politics of that are can be really interesting. Whether you're talking small town regional stuff or because those are the people you're gonna have to keep working with or you're yes. talking about a big deal you know yeah you have to be you have to be careful if it's you're gonna be make comments carefully. and help somebody and you know to be honest playing second can sometimes be a challenge you know your job doesn't change whether the first trumpet player plays you know flarp at the same time mm-hmm. right um, <laughs> you know or or whether they're just a total pro and they nail everything um your right. job doesn't change. You it, sometimes it's more difficult, but it is still your job to make them sound great. And in in that same uh, process, you will also sound great. Right. Uh, that and that's I think the important part of this is that mm-hmm. when you finish a concert, you want people to think that group, that section, yes. sounded great. Because we've talked about this with tuning before. Very rarely will you and an audience member say, "Oh, that person third from the end sounds out of tune." <laughs> that what they hear is right. those, they are here. Those trumpets are out of tune. They're not going to know mm-hmm. which one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm also quick. If I'm in this section, I'm quick to ask. Yeah. Right. Like, so you make some adjustments, you do something. It's okay to say, is that good for you? Right. Is that better? Is it, yeah. Is this what you need? What can, what can I do? Yeah. Right. And if you're playing, I, I, if you're playing principal to say, Hey, I like a little bit of this is perfectly reasonable. If you're in a section, lean over and go, Hey, is it cool if, or do you want, is that all right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's what yep. rehearsal's for. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And in that, I mean, again, understanding your role in all that is, is the first big step. Joey, you might be able to tell me if you've heard this story before and if not, maybe you, cause you know, people, you can, you can maybe get to the <laughs> bottom do. of this. I do, right? I do. I do know people and I like so this great story about, uh, from what I understand, Chicago Symphony, very quiet moment, and Mr. Herseth's mute falls out of his horn and bangs off the riser and then rolls down and bangs off the next riser and rolls down again. They get between movements and the conductor motions. You can go get that, pick it up, right, whatever. So apparently walks down, picks up, goes back to his chair, and hands it to the second player. <laughs> <laughs> Who, of I, course, just took it. Took it. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard versions of that story. I don't right. know if that's literally true, but I do love it. I do it's, love that. It's a great It's a great story, and uh, I mean, it kind of frames up what we're talking about. Like, if you're in that chair, that's what you're going to do. Right. You're going to take that mute from him. Right. And you're yeah, going to make it look in. like it was you. Yeah, yeah, if you're all in. And there's some there's a there is an art to that. There's a joy to that idea that you are all in and that's what you do. Right. That's your job. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I've talked to lots of or, uh, orchestral uh, uh, section players, you know, about exactly this, because, mm-hmm. you know, lots of times, you know, and we could just start we could just start naming them if we want. You know, there are lots of uh, tremendous players out there that. I mean, uh, one of what we've talked about before on this podcast, Michael Sachs justifiably gets a lot of good praise for being an excellent principal trumpet player in an orchestra. Right. Not nearly as many people know the name Jack Suddy, right. who's been sitting there yeah. playing second to him for a very long time. Yep. Jack is a ridiculous <laughs> musician. <laughs> yeah. Right. Amazing, On his yeah. own, in the orchestra mm-hmm. and out of the orchestra, he's doing yes. amazing stuff. You know, when when you look at uh, what's going on. 
in Pittsburgh, right? So they had George Vosberg, Vosberg there for a long time. It was a very strong and powerful you know, approach to playing principal trumpet. And then Michael Wilkinson comes in, who does not play like George, but right. is also a terrific principal trumpet player, right? Mm-hmm. Neil Bernston's playing second for both of those people. Right. Right. Yeah. And I have sat down with Neil and said, I want to talk about this with you. He's yeah. like, okay, what do you got? I'm like, because this has got to be. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, he aware. He's done some real adjusting. <laughs> there's, there's, and like, okay, we've got a new principal. That means my job probably is going to change in certain ways. And I've got to be ready and prepared for that. Yeah. And absolutely has done that. He's a chameleon, that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, yes. but being, you know, aware. And then when you look at the military bands who do a lot more uh, shifting and a lot of uh, part sharing, right. right? Right. Then you got to know. When I'm in this role, I'm doing this. When I'm in this role, I'm doing this. So that the section always sounds great. Not just sounds, well, when I play principal, I think the section sounds better. Oh, right. God, I must be well, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, you don't want that. You want that section to sound great no matter where you're sitting. And it's funny because in the band thing, we do tend to rotate parts a lot. The wind ensemble mm-hmm. vibe, the band vibe. Right. right. But in the big band, not so much, right? Like you're in there, you're that. the like JAs or Maynard or whatever, and you're playing yeah. lead. You have a you have a ride player, you have section guys, mm-hmm. right? And everybody kind of knows the roles. I mean, brass band kind of the same, same way deal. to draw the yeah. parallel. This is your job. This is your role, right? You know, and it's by chair, which is right. I mean, that was the thing with the brass band, which I loved, of course, getting in there and kind of figuring all that out. But <laughs> you know, Brian had his job. I had as bumper. I had things that I did. The people to my left had their job, which was very different from what I did. And there's right. a rigidity and, to that. Yeah. And we all played the same part. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Like, we're all playing the same part. But the way we approach that, and then, the, and then the rep behind me playing the same part, mm-hmm. but a completely different job. Right. Crazy. Yeah. And you just have to know that. And when you sit down, I think communication's the key. So whatever group you're in, you have to be able to develop that ability to talk to the people who are around you. Like if the third trumpet player is playing in the section with me and and she would really rather go with the principal horn player's pitch <laughs> than <Yeah>. my pitch. <laughs> nope. I, I'm having yeah. I'm nope. having a problem. Right? Because oh, yeah. I'm sitting next to the trombonist, the principal trombonist, and the two of us have to match. Right. Mm-hmm. No, it's very it's yeah. a very interesting and delicate balance, I think. I've talked about um, many times in the past working with Melanie Miller, who's adjunct at Messiah, and we play yeah. together a bunch in the area. So if I see her name on the list or I walk in and she's there, I'm like, oh, okay. Total <laughs> relief. It's going to be fine. Right? Right. Everything's yeah. going to be fine. Incredible musicianship, beautiful sound, and pitch is she's amazing, right? So this past weekend in one of the masses, we did this Mozart Gloria from this mass in C. All right. So C trumpets, typical little sort of timpani-esque Mozart parts, but a, a couple of things here and there. It was so much fun to play. Not mm. that we had anything of real value, but just bar by bar of her just drilling those octaves, like yeah. no matter what right. I was doing, because I'm sure it wasn't having anything to do with what I was doing. But we were dead in tune because she's so good at doing that. I mean, what a yeah. blast time to play the simplest little it thing. all easy yeah. and right. having somebody who doesn't do that playing those tuning note c's are a chore you Miserable. can start chipping them that it's a flam attacks every time 
it's oh, uncomfortable. You'll absolutely screw up your principal player. But then the musical yeah. decisions made, how long are those notes? Where are we cutting those off? How are those <laughs> going to be? How are we articulating? Where are we tapering? Are we? And uh, if you're section player, as a section player, you decide, well, I think these should be longer. You're wrong. <laughs> if you're a uh, section player thinking, but I think it should go like this, so I'm going to play it like this, you're just wrong. This yeah. is where the ego has to go to. My ego is going to be involved in, in matching and supporting the principal player. That's yeah. where you have to go. If you're making those decisions based on opposition to what's going on, you're just making it worse, even if you think you're making it better. You're just flat out wrong. Yeah. I've been in that situation. I think we probably all have, right, where you're sitting there and uh, in the section and somebody's just hammering away, Yeah. right? But they're <laughs> playing – playing the heck out of their part at three F's problem is <laughs> we're playing mezzo piano over here and right. the person in charge isn't playing it like that. Yes. So, you know, I don't know. Now yeah. we're also not above giving principal players a hard time in our sections. Well, no, you absolutely should do that as well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I mean, every once in a while leaning over going, is that the way you're going to play that? It's absolutely right, Jim, yeah, too. Right. <laughs> of course. Are you going to tongue I, any of that? Uh, <laughs> for example. Yeah, for example, I've been on the receiving end of that. What? Although I uh, I just working with, I got to work with, uh, what, we, what should we call him? Chris Overmetal. Overmetal. Yes, call him. Overmetal. Yeah, Mr. Chris Overmetal. Mr. Overmetal, yeah. yeah. Instead of Dr. Underwood. Dr. Underwood. <laughs> yes. Chris, sounding great on these last couple of gigs in Asheville, but I it doesn't stop me from leaning over. And we had a new third last time, right? right? So this poor guy had he didn't, <laughs> had no idea who I was or what I was doing. what was I, happening. I would just lean back and go, I really like what you're trying to do there, Chris. <laughs> wow. Wow. And then this guy was like immediately kind of caught on, you know, that yeah. I was just being a jerk. Chris is laughing. I'm like, I can't wait to hear that on your good mouthpiece tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, is that really the mute you're going to use? That you're, because I mean, you sure about that? You could, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to go. I mean, yes. you know, <laughs> all of that. And you hopefully do have those good relationships. But Trumbo Mundy is a great example of this is we oh, kind yeah. of early on decided whoever's playing principal sort of takes the lead in how we're rehearsing that and kind of setting that. Now, that doesn't mean that's how it's going to end up. <laughs> it doesn't. It usually ends up not. with, hold on a second. What do you what what are you doing there? Well, I kind of <laughs> thought I kind of thought. And then we you have our honest open discussion because we do have that relationship. And then, of course, all we do is just beat the crap out of each other musically. And, you know, and usually yes. usually whoever's playing third takes over the rehearsal yeah that's right As and we you know should. we do we do rotate quite a bit here and there so yeah. it, you'll hear different people taking on those different roles and we do that frankly really well because we do have the good personal relationships as well as the good musical ones yeah, that kind of protects us from anything else. And but it is a release too, right? I mean to be fair, to be able to just say stuff yeah. rather than keep it bottled <laughs> up like in a professional setting. Right. You know, I mean, just to be able to th and, and literally say whatever you want is so healthy. Yes. To so it is lean a... over and, and just start yelling at people is, is one of the reasons I love the group. Yes. <laughs> and the fact that if anything goes wrong, it's usually because Brian's playing too loudly. Wow. Right. Yeah. If there's ever a doubt, you just say, oh, if I, I can't well, hear myself can... over Brian's valves. Over Brian's valves. <laughs> I stand next to Brian, I think, more than anyone. Yes, you do. It's it's so loud. <laughs> it's deafening. Oh, it's the best. 
Although, actually, I stand next to Brian a lot, especially if I'm writing. I usually put us together. I was going to say. We usually put the three of us together on one end. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Although, I will admit in some, you know, I do often uh, uh, arrange by height. <laughs> you want to put me right next to JC. Yes. <laughs> usually. Yeah. Scott next to John. pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So good. So I think Graham Breedlove commented on that actually on the on one of the videos we posted. <laughs> yeah, it's like, absolutely. Do you guys really have to put JC next to Joey? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. Point. Yes, mm -hmm. evidently we do. We do. So, yeah. And remember, look, there are ways to kind of like entertain yourself if you're playing in the section, and if it isn't going well, I mean, you could get you could get hours of entertainment by just pushing your slide in. <laughs> wow <laughs> okay or there's an old story bobby shoe told and, and he told it to me he's told it to other people uh when he was on woody herman's band bill chase was the lead player and and bill amazing trouble player amazing lead player yes. right bill liked to stand in a little bit more forward in the section if you see some old videos there's some old videos of the band oh, where yeah. he's standing and he is like his his legs are touching the stand. He's that far forward because wow. Bobby said he liked to be a little in front. Yeah. Oh, so he said wow. Bobby once he said, "All right." They leaned back as he was standing in front, and they all looked at each other and all just pulled their slides and <sighs> like played, and then watch for Bill, and then push him right back in. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, you can pull a lead player off of a note. You can, oh, you can also, you can also oh, yeah. bump them off of a note. Oh yes, yep. you can. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just keep track of all the hideous things you would say if you could and just type them in your phone on breaks. <laughs> Send them to your friends. Send yeah, them to your exactly friends. Right. That's right. Yeah, you, you know, need to release. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I, I don't know, it's rewarding work, especially if, if you're in a position where you don't get to do it often. There's something about showing up somewhere, playing in the section, not being in charge of anything. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. But just to just to know that okay this is my job today it's very it's an intricate work that i have to do but this is it but i'm not responsible for a bunch of other stuff bob Sullivan yeah. said that to me Just once this. in cincinnati he came over for a like it was a basically a big band show with strings and he stayed to play fourth and after the first mm. rehearsal we were having lunch and he's like God, i kind of forgot how much fun it is to play fourth i haven't done that forever you right know? and he's selling like many you're... bucks he's dialed in he's playing but yeah. it's a different job than being principal having that on you all the time yeah, yeah, we call it the hot seat for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, because if then if you're not, then you're there in a supporting role, and it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It can be really great. All right, boys, I think we've done good work with this, trying to convince people it's okay to show up and play parts. Yeah, and Support you should be taking colleagues. that very seriously. You should be doing it right. Yeah, yeah. especially if Joey's playing lead, because he is a taskmaster. I'm a that tyrant. Part. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. The demands. Yeah, that's how I am. It is. You never have to wonder that. what Joey's thinking when he's playing lead. <laughs> I will I will show and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And what have we done to reward your lead playing in Trompamundi? Put you on bass trumpet. Exactly. Exactly what you. I deserve. We got you right where we want you. Exactly. <laughs> where no one will notice. All right, boys, time for no offense. Hey, if you're looking down your nose at section players or not taking your turn in the trenches, you're doing it wrong, period. <laughs> Get in there and do some of the great musical work, the musicianship that's required to do those jobs. Help out your colleagues. Yeah. Support Pe them. 
do the job right. The job is at least as demanding in different ways. Every 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 chair in every section is what makes it sound great. When you hear an amazing world class band, orchestra, jazz ensemble, every person in every section is actually doing it right. Yeah, that's what makes yeah. it happen. It's not just oh that lead player is great or that principal player is great or that concert master is great. They've got a whole section that's making that sound great. That's what makes ensembles work. Yep, for sure. Yeah, no matter what ensemble it is. A Brian. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. No matter what ensemble it is. <laughs> even even brass bands. Even brass bands. Right. Even brass bands. Which with their roles, I will say much more akin to to big band than concert band. Because right. of the way the trumpet section works. Right. Sure. It's much more setup of this person for that chair. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that should about do it for today. Hey, stay tuned, tell your friends and neighbors, and play well with others. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.